Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with Phyllis Gorson, and uh, we are here at her art exhibition at Boston Street Gallery. And um, yes, I'm so excited to talk with you, Phyllis, about your artistic journey over the last couple of years and um, about your new body of work and about all the changes that have been going on within your work over the last year and how you were able to kind of trust yourself with making these huge changes in your materials and even some of your subject matter. And um, so, yeah, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about um, about your background in art and maybe how we met and everything. Yes, hi Jess. Um, I'm happy to see you. <laughs> yes. Especially since we haven't seen each other in a long time. I know, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I've been I've been painting since I was sixteen. Oh wow! Um, and then when I went to college, I was majoring in art, and my mm-hmm. father was like, "No, you're not." So oh. um, I started to, and I was pretty close to majoring in it, and then I switched gears and um, ended up in finance. Oh, but I would yeah. always take classes outside of work. You know, mm-hmm. I never stopped. And then. Um, a few years ago, eight years ago, I went back to school and got my master's, and that's where I met you. Yay! Yes, um, and yes. that was at PAPA, Pennsylvania yeah, Academy. Yeah, Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art, mm-hmm. um, and we were lucky to have studios near each other. Yes, that was so, that was fun. It was it was challenging, but it was fun. Yes, we did a lot of crying, and well, I don't know about you, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when the critics came to my studio. I would be quiet for like the next hour. <laughs> I was like licking my wound. Oh, um. No, I mean, same. Yes, I would always cry after critiques, which I actually have a lot of feelings about. I, I feel like they're actually traumatizing experiences. Some <laughs> me of them. too. <laughs> uh, I think it took me a good, you know, honestly, I think it took me a good year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely. That I still use today. It's like a pressure cooker and it definitely, it definitely helps you get really clear about what's important to you and what's worth standing up for. I, I think a good role of what they try to do is kind of break it down from everything you were doing because they because they do want you to try new things. They want you to they want you to go through some discovery. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it is they can do it in rather mean I think it can be done in a much more nurturing way. Oh probably. nurturing, yes, that is the word. That yeah. is I yeah, definitely that's think what's it needed. could be more nurturing. Because than. you know what? Artists are like sensitive to begin with. Oh, yeah, it's personal. Yeah, it's everything is so personal. It's not like this is the wrong math problem. It's like there's something wrong with your soul, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Our identities are very much wrapped in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're doing is an expression of ourselves. Yeah. But, um, and, I, and I look back and I think there were some people who were very helpful and constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, not as much. I haven't seen you this year because of COVID, but I was so excited when I started seeing all these pieces that you started posting all about like 
um, that just seemed very different than your previous works. Yeah. And then I saw you were having a show, and I was like, we gotta, we gotta interview you. Oh, so <laughs> I, I know it looks different. I don't, I don't think it was totally different. I, I feel like it's been a morphing. A morphing, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like which each thing I've done, there's been some jumping off point and a discovery of something else, and with all those elements with each kind of work I've done, I've in, kept some of those pieces, those mm-hmm. elements, right. and incorporate them right. in what I'm doing today. Right. Awesome. What do you, so what do you think were some of the impetus for the changes in your work over the last few years? Uh, I, I've always been a figurative painter. That's mm-hmm. always been an element of my work that I felt uh, I guess I felt where my inspiration was coming from mm-hmm. it was always like more in the everyday but mm-hmm. always quiet mm-hmm. my stuff was always in the quiet moments they were never autobiographical mm-hmm. um, and then uh, while in school I started doing collage work I started putting paper in my work and then I took a class with Ken Culey and that class was really transformative for me. Oh, was that during um, the MFA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think before him, I would have all these paint chips and I would just... I remember your paint chips. You would yes. collect paint chips. And yes. I would just sit. It was meditative for me. I would just... They would kind of abstract. Mm-hmm. And um, I would hide them in my studio. Mm-hmm. I would hide them. <laughs> and the critics would come in and they'd start snooping around. Mm-hmm. And one by one, they would all find those stupid paint chip things mm-hmm. and say oh you should paint this and mm-hmm. I, I'd be kind of aggravated because all my figurative work was surrounding them and they would like get all excited about these paint chips thing. Right. but um, it was interesting because I really liked doing them but mm-hmm. I didn't see how I could make them inspirational for me Okay. they weren't inspirational for me they was more meditative Okay. Yeah. Um, which has its own value oh totally you know? yeah definitely so um Strangely enough, I kind of put them aside, and then uh, one day in my studio, I was, you know, you hit those slow moments, mm-hmm. and you just get a little restless. Yeah. And that's what happened. I got restless, and my mind went from the patterns that I was doing in my figurative work, like the floor patterns mm-hmm. or things like that, and it went real physical for me, and then I did the abstract work, and I started incorporating mm-hmm. um, those pink chip um, mm-hmm. things in my work. And when you say paint chips, you're talking about like, you know, when you go to Home Depot and you look at like the different paint chips. Yes. Yeah. I had a whole box of them and then I would cut and paste and make these really intricate geometric mm-hmm. um, um, paint, I don't want to call them paintings, but collages. Like Great. Collages, yeah. Great. Um, so that it was interesting that something I had done and didn't think much about kind of morphed into this whole body of work. Mm-hmm. And I did start adding some realistic elements in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the abstract work got a little academic because they were very symbolic. Okay. And I really was kind of itching to get back to some intuitive work. Right. And um, before COVID or, yeah, it was before COVID, I had like three shows back to back and I really got burnt out. Yes, I I think I went to one at John Oliver Gallery or yeah Hopbed yeah yeah, Hobbit, yeah yeah I had that with Paul Cahill mm-hmm. and it was my geometric uh, abstract work yes and it was a huge show 
It was a big show. Yeah. yeah it has some really big pieces in there. Yes. And they you had all the pieces that were like uh, joined to each other and stuff. Yes. I had to hire a woodworker to actually help oh me connect gosh. them because he needed a, a, like the CAD because mm-hmm. he couldn't really hand do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. There was like, I, I stopped for like a year. I didn't paint for a year. So you got burnt out. I got burnt out. I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't want to. I, kn- I know a lot of people say you should just work through it if your if your mind's not there, if your intuitive um, freedom's not there, mm-hmm. motivation's not there, just work. Just keep on doing it. Yeah. And I I don't find that works for me. Right. I think I needed to kind of step away. Yeah. And percolate. Right. Um, I've always found in my history that if I've taken a year off or months off I usually come back much better mm. and there's usually a really positive shift for me Ooh, yeah. and I do do that okay. but when you're taking that break it has it's full of angst yeah because like, you're not feeling inspired well you're, also you're like just processing stuff right you're processing like the last show you're processing life well yeah I felt there was I don't know I felt disappointed oh really well I was ping-ponging me between the abstract work and the figurative work, and for me, mm-hmm. that was really tough. Mm. Um, I know you, you're supposed to have one consistent body of work, and I always had that in the back of my head, but I, I did not want to limit myself from someone else's expectations of me. Right. I know, for me, I'm really analytical, but mm-hmm. I'm also very intuitive, right. and I like to scratch those itches right. um, in whatever way it comes out for me artistically. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I do have those two bodies of work and honestly it kind of felt a little confusing going back and forth right. and I also thought I wasn't the shows were kind of forcing me to get the work done without me being able to process them yes. and develop them in yes. the way that I wanted to so I, after those back to back and I also had like back surgery right before then so I was that's like right. physically kind of mm-hmm. not in my best are you feeling shape. better now? oh yeah that's, that's all resolved but at the time it was a factor yeah um so I don't know. I stepped away for like a year, and then wow. when I wanted to get back, mm-hmm. I had a lot of family stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID hit, and then my mom got sick, and then my stepfather passed away. So sorry. Just, just, thank you. But there was just a lot of stuff, and I took a lot more time off than I was intending to. Okay. Yeah. And so my anxiety was kind of high. Yeah. yeah, we have Philly noises. In yes, um, I apologize to anyone listening to this. So uh, it's obviously um, authentic we have, like, Philly. Yes, authentic Philly. So um, at the Boston Street Gallery, there's a beautiful room where uh, Phyllis's work is all hanging, and we're at the gallery right now. And then there's a side room with better acoustics, but there is, um, it, it has um, a lot of open to the air areas of it, so we get the authentic Philly feel here. Yeah. It's like you're in the city with us. Um, so yeah, so you, you took some time off, and um, you were dealing with some like life events as well as COVID, um, you know, just basically restricting everyone. And so, um, so when when did you start to feel the urge to like start creating again? Uh, well, I started going back to my studio, which is in South Philly, mm-hmm. and um, the truth is, uh, I I always going back to the paper. Whenever I would do my figurative work or even the abstract work, whenever I would get stuck, I always had 
a ton of paper that I painted, mm -hmm. um, big swaths of paper. And I would, lie, I would lay them on top of my compositions just to kind of get my mind going again. And sometimes I would use the paper and sometimes I, I wouldn't. I mm -hmm. would just get ideas from it. Mm -hmm. So the paper was always, it became part of my practice, a constant part of my practice, whether you knew it or not. So you would draw or you No, I would collage. literally just, lie, like if I got stuck and I didn't know, like, I feel like sometimes I get too tight. And so I would put the paper on there in a different color, different shapes, oh. you know, because they're already pre-cut or, you know, they were weird shapes and it would kind of get me out of my, hmm. my rut. So uh, you would place, you would place different papers on your painting you were working on? I'd take pictures. Oh, interesting. And then sometimes I'd paint that. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So, so there's some of my paintings that you look in my history and you can kind of see their they almost look like mm -hmm. they could be collage, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But paper was constant. It was my go-to when I got stuck. Okay. Um, so I went in my studio, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, abstract, or I going back to figure. I, I don't know. So I, I picked out a painting that I was in my, like, I have this pile. I'm just stuck. I don't know. I'll come back to it. Um, and those piles for me always... I have found over the years those are my transformative pieces mm -hmm. because I don't care about them anymore. Mm -hmm. If I leave them alone long enough, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to ruin them yeah. with something else. I, ha I have a few of those. Yeah, it's, 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 it's freeing because you don't care. Mm -hmm. You don't care. So I, I went back. I have done full collage pieces in the past and I found them exhausting. Mm -hmm. But for some reason when I picked it up again, um, I had started buying some really cool paper, like Chigami mm -hmm. paper, mm -hmm. hand-printed paper, and I don't know, I just started collaging it, mm -hmm. and interestingly enough, I was, I think the new work now is a combination of intuitive and meditative. Yes, I was going to say, Yeah, it seems more, um, it seems more precious. It's more process driven. Also. Yeah, 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 yeah. More process driven, but it also seems more like from your heart, kind of. They get into yes. Mm -hmm. I don't plan it. I I use I call them collage paintings. I I, I know I already told you this, mm -hmm. but I start out with like a full painting, mm -hmm. and that helps me work out the composition, mm -hmm. and then I start cutting paper and pasting. Mm -hmm. And there's layers. There's a lot of layers. Mm -hmm. Some places like six, seven layers. Yeah. Um, now, do you paint the paper before you cut it up and paste it, or do you do you literally have like a collection of like so many different colors of paper? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So I do. If you went to my studio, you would see, maybe I should send you pictures. Yeah. I have tins of paper that's divided by color. Oh my gosh. But if I knew that I'm working on a painting and I don't have like a in that kind of palette already mm -hmm. painted mm -hmm. I will paint a lot of paper okay um, knowing that and canvas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I do both so you cut up can painted canvas as well yeah cool because yeah. I like the you can get the the layering within the paint mm -hmm. on the canvas oh, itself oh right yes yeah I can't really I, can't, I haven't been able to accomplish with paper yet okay I try I do like yeah. the gel Pads that are oh, kind of yeah, like right. monoprints too. I do the I stencil. Like I have all kinds of stuff. 
Right, yeah. Interesting, very cool. So, and then, um, so that's how, so you kind of discovered this new way of working through following your interests that you've had before to like a new level, would that be fair to say? Yeah, um, well, do you want me to talk about like the inspiration? Yes, oh my gosh, yes. So, um, yeah, I was actually telling um, Jessica before, so, um, (laughs) but it's, 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 it's really truthful like during covid i like everyone else was eating and watching binge watching netflix mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so i started i love the nature shows and i just i really started getting into it and i know david attenborough is someone who's getting a lot of attention right now and mm-hmm. um he's the narrator of like the our planet shows mm-hmm. and he is a big crusader with saving the planet mm-hmm. with um, trying to fix the loss in biodiversity in forests and the oceans. And he's bringing a tremendous amount of awareness to what we're doing to harm those things. And we all know, like, cars and aerosol cans are harming the environment, but things like overfishing um, and um, eating, like, a lot of the domesticated animals are taking yeah. place in wildlife. And we're domesticating animals to, to eat them. Yeah. You know, so changing the way you eat is, like, probably first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually started to really reduce the amount of animal products mm-hmm. that I'm eating and you know, changing my thermostat to be um, more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's so good. And it, it makes you feel good, too, when you make those changes, right? I can't say it makes me feel good. I feel a little panicked. Oh, you feel panicked. Okay. I feel panicked. Mm-hmm. I feel panicked that I was part of the problem. Oh, and okay. I'm still part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also... But, you, but you're spreading awareness so that other people can then also gain awareness and then potentially make changes. So actually yeah, your existence maybe, is helping. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent a long time in my artist statement because I'd almost felt like oh god is this hokey Mm -hmm. but I didn't I think I stopped caring Mm -hmm. there's two things that happened I stopped caring it's really the first time I stopped caring how it was going to be received oh that's Um, the best (laughs) I actually got extraordinarily nervous Mm. when I started putting out this work really Really freaked out what made you feel nervous I didn't know if it seemed too contrived or Mm -hmm. I felt really and not I felt really insecure about it but I but at the same time I just didn't care did you feel like it was too sincere I was worried it would come out as the opposite oh okay insincere okay. and I thought it would come out and it's not it's really mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was going to be laughed at or not right and right. that's strange but um that reminds that reminds me of being in art school and my own experience of people questioning are you serious about this yes You're so uh, yes ironic? I was there when Jessica yeah. got really like a lot of stuff thrown at her <laughs> but I tell you you were like so stalwart in your position you were really immovable mm-hmm. and I I think you earned a tremendous amount of respect really that's good yes absolutely I think after those two years were over people were looking at you differently because oh, that's good. you were not caving into what people wanted of you you were like no mm-hmm. 
this is the stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm there now. I didn't know mm-hmm. if people were going to like it or buy it. I didn't know. And I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But I can't. That's new for me. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean. That's new for you, me. You're so powerful when you're in that position of, like, not caring what people think, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. You, yeah, the, the intentions were completely personal. Right. And um, I think it definitely shows in the work. Oh, I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. And actually, I've had people um, <clears throat> that I didn't even know know you, like, um, mention you to me. And, oh, really? Yeah. Like, have you seen her new work? It looks amazing. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's so nice to hear. Yes. I think <laughs> other people are definitely responding to it as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting... I'm definitely getting a m- much more um, outspoken response to this work than I've ever gotten in my life, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. But, like, going back to the impetus for me, I remember when I was watching these programs, I felt so, um, I felt like all this is going on and I'm isolated in my home whether it's COVID or not right. and completely unaware that you know all this wildlife and nature sustaining us and I had no idea right and we're not you know there there are but the title of my show is Playdate with my spirit animal and I'm yes. calling them spirit animals even though they're insects and animals or they're creatures right but they're our guardians you mm-hmm. know they're taking care of us yeah. they're taking care of humanity and and so, like, this body of work is my reflection on wanting to be more connected mm-hmm. with um, that element of nature that mm-hmm. takes care of us, that sustains us. Yes. Yeah, we're all part of this ecosystem that we have to, like, respect every part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so and, and David Attenborough is getting a lot more attention, and they said with COVID, more people are becoming aware of nature mm-hmm. because we missed it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I missed it so much. Also, like, in the winter, in the winter, it was hard. It was just a long winter, but I'm so happy we're able to just, like, be outside and be free now. Yeah. And, and we're recording this in Pennsylvania, so we get extreme changes in um you know, the winter is cold and, like, the summer is hot. Um, but the winter is very cold. You can't just, like, play outside all day. Right. You know, so um, it's it's so nice to have, like, the summer here again and we can, you know, just, like, do our computer work outside or paint see outside. People. yeah. <laughs> yeah, see people, go to the park. It's really nice. So that is so wonderful. So um, so what would you tell what, – what do you hope is next for you now that you've had this show? What do you think – well, um, I think the biggest part of this body of work, I, and I'm, I'm not done with it. Oh, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not done with it. I think I'm going to continue mm-hmm. um, with the themes. So um, a lot of the work I'm doing now is, I think has, I want, I want each painting to have a, um, an obvious connection between humanity and creature. Nice. Like, you know, I make up a lot of these scenes, but for me, I, I want to feel that connection more physically. Right. So, um, obviously, I'm not going to go to the Jekylls of Borneo and right. hang out with some monkeys. Or, you hey, know. maybe someday. <laughs> maybe someday. Yeah. I'm actually going to Costa Rica next year, so I'm oh, hoping to look at that. That's some monkeys. amazing. Um, so, these are, like, conjured um, 
these are like conjured um, interaction between creature and human mm -hmm. that I want um, it to be more symbolic of, of what it means. But I also want the pieces to represent like a, a solace, almost like, like an internalization of that brings a great deal of um, joy or um, solace again, you know, mm -hmm. for humanity and nature to feel more connected and working with each other. Yeah. So they're, they're conjured imagery. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I think the biggest change is not as much as the imagery as it is my process now. Your process, yeah. Yeah, for me it's like there's a, the abstract the abstraction comes in the form of the collage, mm -hmm. um, but there's an intuitive part of it. Mm -hmm. And I have so many different um, bodies of work that are planned using this technique now. Mm, wow, I can't wait to see what you Yeah, make. I have like all these, so I'm, ex I'm excited. I feel like I can stay in this space mm -hmm. for a while. That's so exciting. I, I do get itchy. Yeah, so, um, Let's talk about intuition for a second. Yeah. How how have you? What are some ways that you have used to like strengthen your own intuition as you create paintings or and like learn to trust yourself with what you're doing? Uh, I think. Well, for me, it's about the mark making. When I say in intuitive, mm -hmm. I. Oh yeah. I. Yeah. The other thing I've done is I've embraced myself. I I. I'm not loose. Like the, I think the artists that I really, really love and look up to, they're very loose. They have like just loose line work. They don't have to paint inside their own lines. Mm -hmm. And I've always struggled to be loose. Mm -hmm. I'm just not loose. I try to be loose, you know. And that's why I always bring out the paper in the past to loosen myself up, or right. I'd be tight, and then I would like make sure to paint over the edges and stuff like that. Right. But I've embraced the fact that I'm not loose at this point. I'm not. My brain doesn't work like that. I just, I can't. I don't yeah. know. I just do my thing. Right. So I feel like I can be tight now by layers and layers and layers and layers. And an intuitive part of it for me is just, like, make the paper frees my mind. I can just mm -hmm. do things that I probably would never do with paint. Oh, I would mix colors. I would mix patterns. Mm -hmm. I would just, it just frees me from having to plan it out. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, the intuitive part is the mark making. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and the paper, because the paper is so different and has like a vibration, I feel like that adds a looseness that I'm not, yes. it's the materials that are giving it the looseness, not my hands so much. Right, right, yeah. It, it definitely adds like a richness and a texture seeing all those different patterns within the papers yeah. and everything. People said it's dimensional. Yeah, dimensional. dimensional. It's really it's really interesting. So I never oh, thought of myself rich. as someone who's like a materials person, but uh, that's where I'm landing mm -hmm. right now. That's amazing. So um, how long does each piece take? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the small, even the little ones, they could take, I work with tweezers a lot. Oh my gosh. Uh, tweezers. <laughs> Um, probably 40 to 60 hours. For, for a little piece? Um, well, none of my work is that big. Right. Like, there's, the biggest one may be 60 to 70 hours, but mm -hmm. I'll say like 40 to 60 hours on average. Wow. Um, yeah, because they, all the little pieces fit together like puzzle pieces, 
And then, and then it, it also looks like you you add touches of paint on top of it. Some of them I do. Not Some of them? That's more when it gets stuck. That's I more think. when you get stuck? Yeah, frankly, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where there's only so much I could do with paper. Um, mm -hmm. Right. But I, a lot of the paper I do use, like, mark making, like, paint mark making. Mm -hmm. That's why I do call them collage paintings mm -hmm. because... Uh, it's it to me. I would pick up a paintbrush and like make that mm -hmm. mark or line, mm -hmm. and instead of doing that, I'm using the collage like that. Right. They're not like big pieces. Right. Tiny. Right. And I do mold some of it too. Mm-hmm. And is there is there anything else that you want to tell us about this body of work? Um. Let's see. <laughs> um. Well, I I hope people respond to both what it's about mm -hmm. and also how it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I feel good about it now, mm -hmm. but like I said to you before, I was really very anxious. Yeah. So I was happy and relieved that it's, um, mm -hmm. that it's being received like it is. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And um, what would you say, what would your advice be to artists who are feeling stuck themselves? For me, it was materials that helped. Mm -hmm. um, if you like a certain subject matter and you want to present that certain subject matter and you're not necessarily happy with where you are, you want to... I would say experiment with materials. Mm -hmm. You can try different kinds of paint. Mm -hmm. You can try um, doing it with beads or gems or nail heads. Mm -hmm. um, looking at, there was like an artist or two that I was looking at that used paper. And there's really one artist that was using paper in a different way and just knowing that she used paper in a different way just like right away freed my mind mm -hmm. that I can just like use paper like paint right you know so my work is very very different than than hers is but um just knowing that I could use paper like that yeah um I would say materials for me was really really helpful wow okay so yeah. you feel like go to Home Depot get paint right? swatches get or swatches, yeah. um use house paint right. or take your old clothes that you're gonna you can't use anymore. Cut them up. Right. You know, like there's so many artists now that are combining, um, in like in one painting, they're combining mm -hmm. like glitter and oh my fabric gosh, yes. and paper and, you know, yes. you know it's like the old assemblages, but they're using them in figurative art. They know? are. They are. Yeah. I try. I tried that actually. So in 2019, I was using these cake tip cake pastry tips. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, and then yes. like filling them with oil paint. Which was so messy. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? How long did it take to dry? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Who knows if they're dry now? But, yeah, uh, yeah it, that was, it was really, really fun and playful. And um, I didn't end up doing a lot of it. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I could go back to. And I was using glitter in it. I was just, like, experimenting. You got to yeah. experiment to see what works. I feel like you got to experiment with a lot of different things. And then you're able to find like a synthesis that works, you know? Yeah, it makes you time. Yeah. So like, so when you were doing the oil paint in the cake decorator tip, mm -hmm. you know, you may not like that exactly, but you might decide that you like that texture. Right. But there's so many products out. Yes. Um, with molding paste. I bet you if you did something like that with molding paste, you can 
put um, paint in the molding paste and change the color molding paste. Yeah. You can do it and, and probably control how fast it dries or. Right. I, I, like for me, it's I for some reason for some weird reason, all the way back in school, I discovered I had a comfort level of paper. I just didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was interesting, and I, I knew at some point it would come back. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how. Yeah, and I think that a lot of artists get stuck in kind of an identity of like I'm a painter or like I'm a draftsman or like I'm a sculptor, and it's like they they stay in that and that only. Like I'm an oil painter, and so they don't kind of broaden out from that or experiment in other things because they don't, they're afraid of the reception for it, or um, they've just been doing it so long that... It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy, and then it, it is, it feels risky. It's like, what if right. I'm bad at this? You know? But you can do something like, I know, I know you did a video clip in school, the videotape oh, of yeah, the girl yeah, in the yeah. bars. Yes. And that was great. I think that got a great reception, because yeah. you used the concepts that were so relevant to your paintings, and you incorporated it into a video, but yeah. it was really cohesive, yeah. you know, and even like the love letters all over the wall. Oh my gosh, yeah, but so, so much work. You so much work, so but crazy. like today with the iPhone and stuff like that, like you can do video work mm-hmm. using your paintings and manipulate it or, right. you know. Oh yeah, I've, a lot of people do that these days. Yeah, it makes it interesting, or even like self-impose it and, and then do a painting of, that like do right. like conglomeration of your painting with a video stuff on top of it and you know I don't know there's so many things people can do now it's so much more available that um, yeah and art is not so narrowly defined either as just like a painting on a wall you can like you can do so many more things so and also if you do decide to like try something different it's not like saying well I'm no longer a painter it's just it's just honoring your creative impulses to try new things. I think it's... Well, some people don't get itchy. I, I think I get itchier the most. Mm-hmm. You can, like, I've switched my body of work mm-hmm. every few years. But I, f- I definitely feel like maybe I wasn't totally content mm-hmm. with where I was either. I yeah. felt... I didn't feel like... I don't think you ever totally feel satiated as an artist, but... Right. I, I, maybe I didn't feel like I landed. I was right. landing where I wanted to land yet. Right. Where right now my process feels like mm-hmm. this is where I want to land and I really want to explore this. That is so amazing. I feel energized by yes. that. But I think all those periods of discovery where you feel good mm-hmm. are always preceded by like mm-hmm. a dark place. Yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. Always. I always felt the worst right. before I hit these like really great places right yeah and you know I have to agree with you like probably a year ago like during COVID I was definitely feeling like what am I even going to do with my work I don't even know and I didn't paint for a while and then um I just I also reached a point where like you know what I'm going to try new things I'm going to try a totally different color palette you've seen my new work it's totally it's very unrealistic the mon like the monochromatic one. Yeah, oh the my mon- god. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank the tones you. that you got in that. Thank you. Beautiful. I love but, that. I mean, I had to let go of like everything has to be like nature, like green and you know, 
I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna try this something new. And it feels like jumping off a cliff because you're not sure if it's gonna work. But, yeah. but those are the most exciting times because then when you hit on something that does work, it's really exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And I, I also found that when I hit those trouble spots, mm-hmm. like looking at other people's work, going to shows, or oh, yes. just online, and Absolutely. just really looking at those artists that just hit that place of like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, it's so inspiring. I want to do that. Right. I, w- I want to um, not necessarily like replicate what they're doing, but I want that kind of feeling that is created by that those works that that artist is putting out mm-hmm. yeah so, so like like your monochromatic work mm-hmm. has all the feels of like your romance mm-hmm. and and like this beautiful fantasy mm-hmm. that's in your other work it's just a little feels a little more magical in a very different way yeah it's like it's like embracing something stylistically that i was scared to or yeah, well you're good at it Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're really good at it. <laughs> thank I you. think that's really, really hard. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm also excited. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I. I don't feel like I'm done with the body of work that I just had either. Like I have all these ideas. It's like paintings take a long time. Well, they don't have to, but um, recently my paintings, you know, they just take they take a lot of time and attention. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna make something that's you're really proud of, I feel. Yeah, I used to be a really fast painter, mm-hmm. and and I probably used the word intuitive, in, like in my past, where I just like got my brush and it was really physical. Yeah. You know, you know, and then. Yeah. And I just I was so anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, the work I'm doing today is the opposite. Mm-hmm. I would never have been able to do what I'm doing now ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my patience kicked in. Yeah. Um. If you don't have the attention, though, mm-hmm. like if you don't want to spend a lot of time, yeah, I think there's a place for that too. Though. I do, uh, yes, absolutely. You know, just like quick stuff or absolutely. changing your materials or, you know, I, I, I think it's more about psychologically not caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's, um, you know. Time and attention doesn't need to mean the physical labor. There's some kind of a tradition, I'm gonna have to look into this, in like Japanese, um, Japanese craftspeople. Um, and also, I think it's like a meditation practice. I don't remember the name of it, but it's when um, these Japanese people, it originated in Japan, and you would draw a circle over and over again, and it was a form of meditation. And um, so I, I think about that in terms of like working, and sometimes I'll spend more time looking at <laughs> looking at the blank canvas, and then like thinking about my next move, than I than the you know the act of actually painting. Oh yeah, yeah. I get stuck. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like even though, oh yeah, <laughs> I there's there's places where it just goes fast, mm-hmm. and then I get stuck, and mm-hmm. then I have to like step away. Right. I have right. to step away from it because I just, I need that space. Yeah. Where, I don't know, I, it's, it's not pleasant getting stuck, mm-hmm. but it's normal. It's mm-hmm. normal getting stuck. Yeah, and to look at it maybe like as an exercise of honing your intuition instead of like, I'm stuck. It's like, well, I get to hone my intuition. I know, I know what's right for this painting and it will come to me. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm 
well, I think I'm kind of weird because <laughs> it takes me like two hours to get to the groove. Oh, to totally. Get, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. So when I finally get in that groove, I will work at 12-hour clips. Yeah. I, I, do, I marathon it. Same. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So I do find, though, when you're doing that, you kind of lose perspective when you're looking at something so long. Yeah, yeah. That walking away, taking, you know, a lunch break or dinner mm, break, whatever, yes. or just letting it go till tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think is really helpful. Like, yeah. There's one painting in there that I was so unhappy with, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I can't help it. I just have to... I, I need it for the show. I'm just going to put it in the show anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just, I needed to, I needed to walk away from this painting. I was so aggravated. Mm. But I was done. I yeah. was finished it. And then when I brought it out, I hung it on the wall. I'm like, what was I complaining about? Yeah. <laughs> I like it so much better now. I don't, where, why was I thinking yeah. that? I don't oh, that's interesting. I don't, I really hated it. Mm-hmm. And now I, it's the opposite. Mm. But I, I think I needed to. Yeah. You know, it's like getting in a fight with somebody. I was like, right. fight need with some, this baby. Need some space. <laughs> need a call. That's amazing. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Phyllis. Well, thank you for oh, having me on yes. your podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for visiting. And thank you for your insight about, you know, starting something new and, you know, developing your work and everything. And I hope people found this really helpful and inspiring. And um, where can people see your work and see the show? It's in Boston Street Gallery. Um, I think the address is um, 2539 East Boston Street, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, which is in the Fishtown section. Okay. And the gallery is open every Friday and Saturday from 12 to 5. Cool. Oh, and, and until Ju- July 17th. Till July 17th. And it's okay. also, um, I did put it on my website so people can see um, the pieces that are in the show. Okay. And what is your website? It's Phyllis Gorsen, G-O-R-S-E-N. And, and Phyllis is P-H-Y-L-L-I-S. So it's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S-G-O-R-S-E-N um, dot com. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes as well as your Instagram account. So okay. people can follow you there. And um, yeah, awesome. We'll Thank be, you so much. You're, we'll be looking forward to seeing what you do next. All right. Thanks, Jess. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to me if you would give it a five-star rating. In fact, if you screenshot your rating and send it to me on Instagram at Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio, I will give you a shout out as a thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a gift for you from my heart that I'm so excited to share with you. It is a free guide called 30 Days to 3K, the definitive guide to authentically increase your art sales. In this 15-page guide, I share how I've created amazing results in selling my art online while retaining the worth of my art and feeling authentic. I'm sharing the process that has worked to get the results for me. All you have to do to get it is go to my coaching website, www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com and enter your email and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. I hope it brings you so much value and let me know how it works for you. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Remember that you are already worthy and everything you make is an expression of your unique spirit. Now go forth 